there are just barriers to capital coming in. As Poseidon has grown over these years, they're having more and more institutional conversations. They want to invest, they just won't because they, we need safe banking to pass and we can't get it done. We can't seem to get anything done that makes good sense, good policy sense in this country. And it's at the detriment of, of this capital that's ready to come. So, you know, when that does switch, though, I mean, just hang on because it's going to go like a rocket ship and it's going to be crazy. But we just don't know when. From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today at MJ Bulls, we are continuing the fifth annual Cannabis Investor Series sponsored by PodConnects, the cannabis industry's exclusive cannabis podcast network that actually allows cannabis companies to advertise. Go to podconnects.com to reach more listeners. On today's show, we're joined by Morgan Paxia from Poseidon Investment Management. Morgan, welcome back for another year. Another year. Thank you for having me. Again. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only have we been doing this for five years, but you've been our first guest. We've kicked it off with Morgan five years in a row. So now we've also had five years of saying this is the years that Bill's going to win the Super Bowl. So <laughs> get closer. Yeah. God, you can't get much closer. We can talk about more about that at the end. We have a lot to talk yeah. about today. And I you know, I was looking back over the last five years and I feel like every year we're dealing with some non-cannabis driver that's impacting our industry. And this year's no exception from inflation to interest rates to the stock market. What impact do you think the economy is having on the growth of our, of our industry? You know, it's the consumer is, has had to deal with a lot. This inflation is, is real. It's been quite brutal. Early on in the pandemic, everyone got a bunch of money, which was great. They felt good. And then, and then unfortunately, even with wages growing, inflation has just far surpassed it. So, and unfortunately, it's hitting at home, literally, right? I mean, you're talking about homing prices have gone up considerably year over year. More cost of owning a home is up like 90% or something when you think about mortgage rates and everything. So it's been tough, but we're finally kind of getting a test of what cannabis will be like through a potentially recessionary time. I don't think the pandemic was an accurate measurement because one, it was so short-lived and two, because people were able to access cannabis and, and a lot of people receive checks to you know be able to do such things as consume cannabis and, and participate in meme stocks and all these different things. But now this is definitely different where we're seeing a shift in the household. And so listening to like the second quarter earnings calls from a lot of the public companies, they were noting a shift in the consumer behavior where they were trading down in their basket sizes and maybe they were coming more frequently and buying less each time. And you know, things that you would might see start to normalize as our industry matures. So we are dealing with that. It's been tough because cannabis has been a largely a deflationary industry where we've seen prices coming down in almost every single state. It's just at what rate it's been coming down while other things have been going up. So it's been hard on the companies. It does help the consumer a little bit that the prices have been coming down somewhat, but it's still as tough when they, they have to make decisions about how they're going to, to spend. And, you know, the interesting thing for cannabis too, to remember is that when you're the consumer going to a retail paying with cash, you know, it's not like you're buying this on a credit card or something and there's no buy now, pay later or any of this kind of other stuff that's going on out there. These are cash purchases. So it's definitely a different thought process for a, a lot of consumers that does have implications to, to how the illicit market has been performing, sadly performing quite strongly in, in certain states like California, certainly in New York. 
So it's just been a, a definitely a, yet another hurdle our industry has had to overcome as we are still emerging from such early days of this space. It's just amazing when you think about over the last eight, nine years of doing this, just the amount of hurdles this industry just faces constantly. Yeah. Uh, and to your point, it's every year is some new major hurdle we have to navigate through. And it's every year it feels daunting. But the amazing thing about cannabis is we power on. And yeah. The smart teams, the dedicated teams, the you know, they just keep figuring it out, finding ways to work with their customers and, and deliver products that they want. And, and, you know, we do have just a regulatory driven growth that is still a very strong tailwind for us with new states opening and, yeah. and new new access opening within these states, too. Whether it's like social equity in, in uh, Illinois finally starting to open up or New Jersey opening up has been fantastic. So it's been a mixture of what's been happening and being state by state is you have to look at every single state differently and, and understand the dynamics of what's going on for the companies and the consumers. You were one of the early, probably could have been one of the first cannabis venture capitalist f firms. To, to, and so you have a lot of institutional knowledge about this industry as much as anybody. I noticed that a, a lot of VCs seem to be sitting on the sidelines and just supporting their portfolio companies mm -hmm. and not as aggressive in, in new investments or which I, I I am assuming is one of the reasons why valuations have been going down. Are you seeing that valuations going down within our industry? Big time. Yeah. I mean, we, finally the stock market, the S&P, the Dow, NASDAQ, they're all down. Uh, Russell 2000, everything's down. Venture capital and, and traditional tech is down. Valuations are coming down there quite a bit as well. Everything's being reset lower with rates, interest rates going meaningfully higher. And that does have implications to venture and what those IRRs look like. Or probably another way to think about it is the opportunity cost of capital. You know, all those dynamics are changing. And so it, it does change the dynamic. With cannabis, we have been in a capital constrained environment really going back several years now. This has had implications starting from the biggest companies to a lesser degree, but certainly as you get down to the private companies and to the earlier stage companies and to the funds. It's been very hard to raise capital for venture capital funds in cannabis. Sadly and painfully, it is a positive thing. There was probably too much money that came in a couple of years ago and funded too many things. And as a result, we just had dislocation of capital and, and now we're going through that painful clearing process. But the money that is coming in is super focused and diligent for the opportunities. That's why I say that's a positive of it, because yeah. you think of the deals that are getting done are probably going to have very attractive valuations, good return profiles, and that will lead to further capital flows down the road. But regardless of all that, that just takes a lot of time. We still are dealing with a dynamic where there are just barriers to capital coming in. As Poseidon has grown over these years, we're having more and more institutional conversations and they want to invest. They just won't because yeah. they, we need safe banking to pass and we can't get it done. We can't seem to get anything done that makes good sense, good policy sense in this country. And it's at the detriment of, of this capital that's ready to come. So, you know, when that does switch, though, I mean, just hang on because it's going to go like a rocket ship and it's going to be crazy. But we just don't know when. People have asked what, what my thoughts are on safe banking passing in 2022. And I've been at a 0% probability for a long time. 
right now I can say it's not a 0%, but it's pretty close to 0%, just given the dynamics in, in DC. And I'm here in DC right now. And, and, you know, it's amazing how much our industry solves around this issue of not having this primitive kind of banking legislation to pass, regardless of the, the polling and everything, it doesn't matter. Our industry is solving for it, but that doesn't change the way institutional capital looks at it. So we're creating our own solutions. We're forging ahead because that's what cannabis has always done is we find a way to move forward, but we're just doing it with even less capital. And one other anecdote, just real quick, was I was having a, a dinner with a good friend last night and we were just comparing notes. He's done some work in the industry, but he's done a lot of work, traditional SaaS venture and talking about ARR run rates and, and profitability. And, you know, he's, he's involved with companies that are doing 10, 20, 30 million ARR, still not cash flow positive. These are traditional SaaS. And I'm like, are you okay with that? And I said, well, of course, because they're building, they're, you know, they're investing. These are, these are product development, like it's good growth. And I'm like, our industry does not even come close to having that luxury. Yeah. Like if you're not cash flow positive by like four or 5 million in ARR, forget it. And I'm like, could you imagine how much more our industry could build thoughtfully? It doesn't mean like I, I'm, I'm meaning like torching capital, but that could go to good productive growth. It's just not available to us. So it's just amazing how we do continue to move forward with such limited access. Well, you're a perfect example of moving forward and you know trying different things. And you know, last year when we spoke, you were just in the process of launching your own ETF. And maybe you can give us a quick update as to where we are with that. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, PSDN is the ticker. Poseidon was kind of the thought process naturally behind that. Yeah. We launched with advisor shares. Did that last November. We thought that was going to be a good time after the market had come down meaningfully. Little did we know it was going to come down massively more than that. <laughs> <laughs> but we're out there. We're very happy we did it. Our theory is it's a, a global structure. So we can be, you know, we can invest in any kind of company around the world. We can have global allocation, but it's totally actively managed. So we're not tied to any passive benchmark. So it's really just trying to use our approach to how we would how we do invest, like in our first fund, which is a hedge fund, how we do it in a, in a public vehicle so much so that pretty much just use our ETF for our public exposure for any kind of new activity in, in that first fund, because it's so efficient. And the other thing that's really unique about it was we have this dynamic leverage tool, uh, where we can go from being unlevered, so just being like market, or we can go up to one and a half times leverage. And we think that is a really unique tool that is just not you don't see that in the ETF world generally, and certainly not in cannabis. So it is a very nice differentiator. It's been a tough space. I've just been talking about how constrained the capital markets are. And so our current viewpoint is just trying to focus on the highest quality, the largest companies that have the best potential to navigate through this tight capital market and trying to do that globally. So it certainly has a heavy emphasis on the US, but we have been adding in some strategic additional positions internationally as well as this is a global story at this point. And so we're not naive to that, we want to be making sure we have exposure to it. So we think it's a great complement to the Poseidon platform. It gives us another way to work with investors, finally have a product that anyone can buy, an individual, all the way through an institution where for the longest time we were you know, very confined to only working with wealthy people by the definition of regulations. Mm -hmm. So we're very excited about where it's heading. We like the positioning that we've built out and I think there's a lot of room, a lot of capacity to really run this thing up to many times the size it is today and generate great returns. Our industry got beat up so badly into all the way into the end of the second quarter, but off the lows, the ETF performed very well. I mean, I think that was a great 
moment to finally get a positive measurement yeah. of what is capable when it's just not down every single day, as it should not be. I mean, we've gone through this massive reset from a valuation perspective, from a earnings outlook perspective, and the companies are learning. You know, everybody's learning. Everything's still so new, and uh, but they're learning, and that's a positive. Well, what's nice for investors is that they give a chance to work with you on a smaller scale and get comfortable with your style and your and your approach to the market. And when safe banking finally passes, they'll be able to flick the switch and already be, have our, already have a relationship with you. And we're going to have Morgan and Poseidon's info in the show notes. So if you want to learn more about the their ETF, just click the links in the show notes and. Um, and I'm sure Morgan or somebody from his team will be happy if you have any questions to answer them. And Morgan, another year. This is the year that the Bills are going to the Super Bowl for sure. So we're next year when we talk, we're going to be looking at our Super Bowl rings. But I, I thank you for doing this. I always enjoy having you on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.